Welcome to episode 197 of the Metabilos 2 podcast. I have on the other end of a telephone line our man in Los Angeles, Ben. Ben, can you hear me? Uh, yes, David, I can. I'm pressing my finger to my ear and I'm looking intently. All right. I can hear you. And, and where are you? Sadly, I'm not staying at the convention hotel this time around. I'm at a mm. different hotel. So I'm actually sort of out on the street. Um, well, no, no, I'm not. I'm not on the literally street. out on the no, street. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in a comfy chair, <laughs> looking over the kind of Uber leaving area. So it's it's fine. <laughs> and, and and you're at a convention. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. I should have <laughs> said um, I'm at the world famous Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention in sunny Los Angeles. And is the weather nice? The weather is gorgeous. Out. Well, I mean, I'm oh. stuck inside watching tv all day so i have no idea but I, I'm, I'm told by my lovely wife who's accompanying me this time around um that the weather was gorgeous today so mm -hmm. yeah and how is the beautiful amanda coping with all the nerds well I, I think it's interesting we're staying in a different hotel not 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 through choice i missed the deadline to get, a hotel, mm -hmm. get the right hotel um so she's actually a bit insulated from nerddom ah. but what we have discovered is that our good friend jess jerkovich is Staying in the same Sheraton as we are, so we're actually hotel buddies. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Just having a good con, I hope? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be playing the piano at the quiz. With the quiz of Rassilon is rebooting itself in a live L.A. version for this evening, and Jess is doing his traditional piano round. He's a bit worried he couldn't find a piano for love nor money in L.A., but he has located <laughs> one, and um, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be massive. It's green to go. Yeah. Excellent. What else yeah. has been going on? How did you start your day? Goodness. Um, how did I start my day? Well, as is traditional with me, I hit the dealer's room pretty hard hmm. and uh, was able to... Uh, I had a very pleasant interaction with Michael Chaston, oh. the Valiard, as was, and he was sitting there waiting for people to pay him for his signature, mm -hmm. and I deliberately bought myself a copy of a BBC novel tie-in from a TV, a very, very forgotten TV show that he did in the mid-1970s called Quilla, which I'm a big fan of, um, and he was delighted to, to sign that rather than pictures of the Valiard, and we had a great <laughs> conversation. Apparently, he was up for playing James Bond in the early 80s. He was interviewed by Cubby Broccoli and everything. Seriously? He was telling me. Yeah, he was telling me, yeah. I'm assuming he wasn't lying, obviously. Why would he lie? Well, I mean, because <laughs> the TV show that I was keen on he is, is, a, is a, like a spy show. So we got on to the subject of spies. And he was saying, yeah, he got interviewed by Cubby Broccoli and the producer, because Roger Moore was thinking about ducking out. But then he signed on for two more movies. So Jason didn't get didn't get his chance to be James Bond. And we agreed that actually that's difficult. You know, he said he did never really like to be typecast. And he probably, though the money would have been good, he probably would have found it hard to be James Bond. Yeah, I really liked him in uh, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Oh, he, yeah, he's just so Alec, good. Alec Guinness, where he played uh, Peter Gwilym. Yeah. A defining role, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, he's, he's just a really, really good actor who's mm -hmm. really good in like pretty much everything that he does. You know, he's one mm -hmm. of those guys. And I, again, I think as we were nodding and agreeing with each other that, yeah, for him to just be, you know, James Bond forever would have been a waste of his talents. Yep, I would agree. But he did have his uh, espionage stint for several, it, several BBC productions. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So what else, what else, what else? Did you score anything in the dealer's room other than uh, Mr. Jason's signature? I scored a lightly damaged Saucer Commander Dalek which I'm going to repair and bring him up to full strength. 
All right. So he was bargain knockdown price, but yes, I definitely, with my new Dalek repairing skills, I can make him new. <laughs> I got a page. I had a very nice chat with the comic book artist, who I'm a huge fan of, Martin Garrity, who also yeah, does yes. a lot of the designs for the for the the animation, the BBC animations. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a very nice page from him, and again, like what I thought was bargain price, and I was. Very, again, very happy to get a copy of David J. Howe's new deluxe History of the Virgin um, New Who franchise. Oh, some cat nuns have just walked by. Amazing. <laughs> and you sent me a text with uh, Chris Achilles' oh, print. yes. No, no, not a print. That's the original. Oh, wow. How much are they asking um, for that? You know, they're asking a lot of money. Um, okay, because uh, the price stickers underneath were twenty bucks. And I'm going, that can't be right. <laughs> they're asking a lot of money. Uh, and to be honest, uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of money, which I would <laughs> vaguely consider because I could sell some things to release the money. But the guy wants cash. So, like, well, what, what am I like? You know, like John Paul Getty or something? I don't have cash. Did it fall off a truck somewhere? Is it hot? Well, it's a dealer. It's, it, there's only one guy in the dealer's room for Gallifrey One who, uh, well, I've only been three times, but anyway, he's, right. he's, he's been there every time, and he's the kind of collectibles dealer who has all the valuable Virgin New Adventures novels and, like, right. you know, the old original hardback novelizations from the 60s and, like, you know, liked my vintage badge that I was wearing. And, you know, he's that guy, and, you know, I guess, if he has, if he get, I guess he doesn't really want to sell it. Mm-hmm. But if you gave him cash, then he, you know, cash talks, right? To yeah, that. Okay. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so that was cool. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. No, it's it's really nice. I mean, he let me pick it up and take a close look mm-hmm. at it. I might go back and take some more, some closer pictures of it tomorrow. But yeah, it's an absolutely fabulous thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a target cover for the demons, right? The target cover for the demons. Yes, of course. We're talking about something that our listener cannot mm-hmm. see. But yes, it's the target cover. The original painting mm-hmm. for the for the it, covers it's, of it's the cover for the demons. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is it is very, very a thing of beauty, a thing of beauty. So after the dealer's room, after you... the dealer's room, uh, my God, my mind's blanking already. It's it's a long day at these conventions. Yeah. Did you see Sasha Duan at all? Yes, I went to the kind of opening thing. They do like opening interviews, so I saw. Very short interview with Sylvester, mm-hmm. um, who was uh, charming and amusing and self-deprecating as, as ever. Um, yep. And then also with Matt Strevens, the outgoing producer of the yep. show. That was kind of interesting. I nipped out quickly to get some lunch and then came back in to catch the end of Sasha Dowan being interviewed. Mm-hmm. And he, again, absolutely ch- you know, just a charming. She's super jazzy on the show. You know, his career is going really well. Yeah. You know, he's on that great show as well as as well mm-hmm. as Doctor Who. So he's a great guy, very modest mm-hmm. um, about his massive talents. He's a very successful actor now. And he wasn't able to say, obviously, because I don't think he knows, but um, the room was very much uh, hoping that he would be able to return as the master the, under Russell T. Davis when the show gets a new showrunner. Mm-hmm. So, um... Uh, I, I think I think we're all hoping that that is a thing that might happen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that he was married to Angie, I'm going to get her name wrong, uh, you know, um, from the Sarah Jane Adventures. Angie Melhindra. Ah, really? Yeah. Yeah, they're married. Yeah. Which is nice. A Doctor Who power couple. A doctor, <laughs> literally a <laughs> Doctor Who power couple. Because um, I just saw her on that not very good BBC detective show about murders on a submarine. Hmm. So, yeah, she's, she's around about. So that's good. Um, who else was signing stuff? Is she at the convention? Yes. Oh, yes, she is. No, no, I'm, they've got her signing things mm-hmm. as a Sarah Jane alumnus. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What else happened today? There was an interesting panel, uh, a kind of a deep, of what people are hoping is to come. 
Um, just fans. I mean, no one who actually knew what they were talking about. Right. A really good panel with Matthew Sweet and Rob Ritchie and Martin Garrity again on the future of, well, the past and future of the Blu-ray range. Any news on the black and whites? Is any discussion on that? Well, you're asking exactly the right questions. It was interesting. Martin, both Martin and Rob said they didn't know anything. All they do know is that for the last three or four years, every time they've finished one animation, they've been asked to start working on another. Mm-hmm. And what they can say is that they've not been asked to start working on another. So they're pretty minor people in the whole management of the, right. the enterprise. So they've got no idea. All they know is they're not working on, on one right now. Uh, Martin is, is doing a lot of work. Well, I mean, his day job is in advertising, but he's working for Cutaway Comics, mm-hmm. juicing comic strips for them. And, you know, Rob has a, his day job is, you know, animation, you know, computer stuff. So he's just doing that. Right. They both sounded pretty disappointed, actually. But I think... Yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd do Wheel in Space. Yeah, um, Rob Ritchie quipped, well, he's already done 10 minutes of it. So, you know, how, right. <laughs> how difficult could that be? And he was, you know, he's the Dalek guy and really likes doing Daleks and... What, what, he was being very funny, actually, about Faceless Ones and what an incredibly dull project that was to animate. Mm-hmm. And basically, he was saying, you know, I put all those Easter eggs in not to be, like, a smartass, but because I'm literally bored. <laughs> and, you know, I've got to do something to keep my interest going. Apparently, Bessie is in the car park at Gatwick Airport. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll have to go give that a rewatch. Exactly. Well, I, I think that, he, yeah, yeah, again, again, he said, you know, he wouldn't watch... Re- we rewatch the faces ones if someone paid him. So, um, <laughs> well, obviously not keen. Not enough Daleks in the faceless one. Obviously. Not enough Daleks in the faceless <laughs> one. So that was actually kind of interesting. It's it's fascinating, not fascinating. It's interesting to understand exactly where the people who we think are in charge of this, you know, the animators and the concept designers, are literally not in charge at all. Right. They know no more than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're freelance people. They get contracted, you know, when there's money to contract them. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed. They will happen. I mean, I think Matthew Sweet was saying, well, you know, as far as he understands, there's definitely a head of steam to make sure that every season of Doctor Who is released on Blu-ray. Right. Whether that will be with animations or whether that will be with kind of rebooted, reformatted telesnap animations, Mm -hmm. he he again can't say. Any groundswell for uh, Super Marionation Space Pirates? I was going to add that in as a question, but I, I eventually I thought that's more like a smart-ass comment than an actual question, right. so I didn't. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm, do, I'm having coffee with, I'm doing a Kathy Clatch thing with Sweet tomorrow morning, so maybe I'll raise it then. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm, I'm doing another Kathy Clatch with Richie and Garrity, so I'll probably raise it then with them with them then so you know you, you guys should just go to Fanderson and get the Anderson crew to <laughs> reanimate that they're actually uh, sorry I'm, I'm rambling now but they're, 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 one of the again the interesting things in that Blu-ray audience there were a couple of people there who were around and remember seeing 60s Who hmm. there was a guy saying yeah you know the Space Pirates was the first Who serial that he saw and he remembers it very very clearly huh. yeah it was kind of interesting, interesting to know that those interesting story to have your first Doctor Who story Exactly, and then I was thinking they should totally do a panel on these at, at these one of these conventions with a bunch of old geezers <laughs> talking about the sixties when they would watch Doctor Who when they were ten years old. You know, it would be I think it would be worthwhile because Absolutely. some of these guys aren't going to be around for much longer. No, and you know, the, you know, I I rely a lot on my own memories of watching the show when it first came out, mm-hmm. and 
if you've got good visual recall, you can recall interesting details. And that really was a conversation, again, with asking, you know, Richie and Garrity, you know, do they consult people who saw the show? Mm -hmm. And they said, no, they didn't. Hmm. But then, you know, they're kind of not paid to. Right. So anyway, and they have limited time, too. And they can't. Yeah. You know, yeah. You don't want to throw it open to everyone because every it, as uh, JNT would say, the memory cheats. The, the memory doesn't cheat. cheat. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Other, other things. Uh, other things. Um, very interesting panel on the history of the Virgin New Adventures for people who like that kind of thing. Yeah. David J. Howe was there. Um, John Peel was there. Gary Russell was there. Everyone keeping praise upon Peter Darville Adams and what a great job mm -hmm. he did. John Peel, again, very interesting, contrasting his experience writing for Virgin with you know, novelizations he's done for Star Wars. I mean, fiction he's written for Star Wars and fiction he's written mm -hmm. for Star Trek. He said he would never write for Star Wars ever again. It was such an awful experience. Mm. And that he would be very unlikely to ever write for Star Trek again because that was a very difficult experience because... The franchise holders just lean on it so much. Right. You know, everyone agreed. The great thing about the Virgin New Adventures in the in the 90s is the BBC, not only did they not care, there was no one around to be in charge of Doctor Who. So basically, people could do what they wanted. And everyone agreed that made them a very kind of fertile, often hard to read, but interesting <laughs> books. So Imaginative. Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking, imaginative. The uh, story's mm -hmm. too big and fast and deep for the small screen or whatever the blurb on the back was. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of interesting. I found that interesting. I mean, obviously, it's quite a niche interest. One fun thing, though, is that the moderator for that session handed out photocopies of the first episode treatment of what was going to be Lung Barrow. So, hmm. this, so basically, Lung Barrow, the adaptation by Mark Platt, became Ghostlight. But originally, Mark Platt had started to adapt Lung Barrow as a TV show, as a TV treatment. Right. Um, so I now have a first episode of that in my hand, and it makes interesting reading. Hmm. And I'm not allowed to put it on eBay, apparently, because I'm not really supposed to have it. But anyway, so that's fun. It is Lung Barrow the Virgin novel. Yes, rather yes, than, Lung yeah, Barrow the Virgin it. novel. And uh, mm -hmm. again, Mark Platt was working on that as it turned that into a four-episode BBC serial as part mm -hmm. of Doctor Who, and they felt it was too obscure, so that... Um, that's what he then changed into um, Ghostlight, or was it the other way around? I think it was the other way around. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised that if, if a treatment does exist of it, that Big Finish hasn't done it as a lost season 27. Very true. I mean, yes, exactly. No, I mean, I, I, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, who knows? I mean, a lot of things come out of these conventions. I mean, I think we all remember from 2020, you know, how that was the turning point for Chris Eccleston mm -hmm. coming in to start mm -hmm. doing um, Big Finish mm -hmm. audios. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, any big finish things that you bumped into? I haven't been able to uh, calibrate myself with any big finish announcements. Mm -hmm. It is pretty subdued, actually, to be honest. The crowds? Yeah, it feels thinner. There's right. definitely fewer people here than there have been the past two times I was at this thing. And the crowd is quieter, as one might imagine. I mean, everyone's wearing masks. Right. Um, there's not quite so much milling around. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be different tomorrow morning for Saturday when I think more people are here because, you know, not mm -hmm. everybody can get Friday off. But um, anyway, we'll see. We'll see. With the crowds slimmer, how's the cosplay game this year? Cosplay game is, is good. There's an excellent draconian walking around. There's a bunch yeah. of we weeping angels in masks. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's the usual Daleks. 
Um, I said I, there were a couple of cat nuns walking by. So it's, it's good, but I think people have been uh, thinking about how to cosplay wearing masks, which I think, you know, maybe that's a... Uh, that's, that's wise. Yeah, and it's a, maybe it's a good discipline. It's like, okay, I'm going to do a cosplay this year. I'm going to need to have a mask. What is a masked who creature that I can be? So, yeah. So I should let you get going here. I think you, you got the quiz coming up here this evening. Yeah, I've got to maybe grab some food. And then, yeah, it's the old quiz on starts in about 45 minutes or so. Very exciting. I bumped into Mikey last uh-huh. night, um, which was nice. Got the f- um, four to Zoom say? Is it going to be a three to Zoom stay? Are you going to g- give Brian a I, call? What's, what's the plan I, here? I don't think there is a plan, actually. Okay. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's no plan whatsoever. So we'll just have to wing it, see how it goes. And we may not even be allowed to have Jess on any team if he's setting the questions. Yeah, that's true. Could just be you and Lena. Could just be Lena. <laughs> well, there's a whole bunch. I mean, Taylor's here from the Podcastica yeah. podcast. And so, you know, there's. Uh, I think there's plenty of people to make up a team. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Anything I should ask you before I let you go? Um, no, I don't think so. As I said, it's it's a long and busy day. It's been a lot of fun so far, and I'm... Looking forward to another long and busy day tomorrow. Excellent. Okay. Well, that yeah. is the first first day, day one of Gallifrey One, number thirty-two. So you have an evening of games ahead of you. An evening games ahead of me, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to deliver another, you know, from the spot, from your own correspondent report tomorrow night. Super. Thank you. Yeah. No. I, I look forward no, to that. No problem. No and problem. I will talk to you then. Cool. Okay. I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thanks, David. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Angeles, when will you save me, Los Angeles? When will you save me, Los Angeles?